You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. And right off the bat, we got to take care of a little bit of housekeeping. Yes, absolutely. Because two things have gone on. One is in the last 10 days, uh, we have switched from our online home being simplemarriage.net to now being sexymarriage.net. And so as part of that transition, um, it's caused a little bit of issues with uh, feeds, RSS, emails, etc. on people on how they find the show. So if you are listening to us uh, regularly and have no longer heard from us in a while and found this show... Um, Sorry, head to sexymarriage.net or send me an email. Uh, please, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Let us know and we'll try to correct whatever the issues that might have arisen. Then the other bit of housekeeping is uh, we've been doing, as part of Sexy Marriage Radio 3.0, we've been doing shows on YouTube. And I keep having issues where I cannot master the sound the way I want. We keep getting some garble or some jumble or some different things that are happening. Yep. And so, um, for the near term, we're going to stop YouTube until I figure out the issues with sound because I want to produce something that has the quality sound that we've come to love. Right. We're assuming that people aren't going to stick around and watch the video if the sound is jacked up. I know if, if I'm listening to a podcast or some, a video mm-hmm. and it sounds terrible, I'll just turn it off. So, exactly. we, we want to have a good quality product out there. Yes, and we do. We'll, we're working on that and that'll... That'll be it um, to come soon. Yes, we'll get it. We'll get it squared away. This is a problem. I'll solve. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, and and we'll be back up on air on a camera again shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, we're so glad you take the time out of the day to spend it with us as part of the Sexy Marriage Nation. Um, if you want to let us know what you think, two one four seven zero two nine five six five is how you can call our voicemail line and leave a message. You can also uh, send us an email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can jump on iTunes, uh, rate and review, if you would, please, the show. Here's two that have come in that I love. One, this is from a couple of months back, but uh, this kind of helps me feel with a little ego boost. Uh, You are not grown up enough for this podcast, but you should be. Dr. Corey Allen will challenge you to own who you are and why your marriage is where it is. The show will change your marriage if you're grown grown up enough to look in the mirror. Love that one. Yeah. And I then Sexy Marriage Radio is the best. First started listening months ago and was trying to use their advice and wanted to integrate it into our marriage without my wife knowing. The content, though, is so good that I had to tell her about it. We both binge listen to episodes together. We'll often sit in our big jacuzzi cub together and listen to an episode. It's a great way to connect with one another. I want to find out where they are and come join them in the jacuzzi because that sounds really nice. Well, that would be nice, but since it's a big jacuzzi tub, that might change. That's that would be awkward. That's kind of awkward if you're getting in people's bathroom we can't, to join them. So. Well, it's a t- good point. I was thinking hot tub. Never mind. Hot tub. I'm not joining you in the tub. They? Absolutely. <laughs> so one of the things that we love about Sex Imagination is just how engaged they are in the sense that they leave us feedback, they send us emails, they call they give us kudos uh, for what's going on. They even don't cookie uh, sugarcoat and 
uh, negative, you know, no Oreo cookie here with some of the feedback right. that comes in, especially from the Academy. Love that, that they come straight at us with, no, I think you missed the boat with this. Thank you. Got that one right. But a couple of weeks back, we did an episode on masturbation in married life. And an email came in shortly thereafter that just says she listened to the episode. And Pam, I identified with your initial response that uh, masturbation is associated with lack of self-control and it must be linked to pornography. So how would you overcome your thoughts on this and become more accepting? I've heard all the research surrounding why it happens, but still feel a level of withdrawal and resentment toward my husband when he does it. So, yeah, if you listen to that show, you would hear, you know, Corey asked me about that. And certainly I had said that in my past, my thought about masturbation was that certainly it it was for someone that had a lack of self-control. That's not my view now. And the biggest reason for that is because I've grown up and Mm -hmm. and I understand more fully now the desire differences in every aspect of marriage, but including the desire difference for, for sex, for sexual activity with, with a spouse. Mm -hmm. There's high desire, there's low desire in every, in every aspect. And so I realized that, that my acts, my lack of desire could be as harmful to my husband as his increased desire. If I'm maybe giving in and being resentful about it, some aspect like that. Which we need to do a show on that. Yeah, that's, that's probably a whole nother topic. Obligation sex, that's a, that is a great conversation to right. go deeper on. Right, that really is a whole nother topic. But I guess early on, my, my earlier self, uh, masturbation, I had just always associated with pornography. Okay. Uh, that's just how I learned about it, whether it had been through, it was mainly through friends growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a girlfriend early on who's, whose parents used porn and introduced me to it and I just thought it was absolutely disgusting Mm -hmm. and I just thought that those two immediately went together and I realized later in life those two don't necessarily have to go together when I was thinking about the high desire and low desire difference differences in conjunction with realizing how sometimes I get myself into a sexual encounter it's it's the mental game of getting myself there, fantasizing about things. And and most of the time, that fantasy is of a past actual occurrence with you, with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I come to realize, you know what? You can do the same thing. Right. There, right. Masturbation does not have to happen because you're looking at a picture of some third party that is no way associated with our marriage. Right. It can certainly happen just from great sexual encounters that we've had together. Yep. We so, have a wealth of memories yeah. in, in the bank. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And you know, those are things we enjoy talking about together. Um, and that can heat up a moment. And there, certainly masturbation can stem from those memories. Right. And so that's really where I got away from this um the, the old idea that I had about masturbation, that it that it was not helpful. Right. That it was not something that was useful. Um, my, my thought originally was that it was something that was just harmful and would drive a wedge, but it does not have to be that. It certainly can be that. Yes, and, and the point was from that episode that 
we, we've always been proponents in the sense of with Sexy Marriage Radio that uh, when we do things in secret, that's where harm creeps in. Yeah. That's where it becomes destructive, most, more likely than not. But if you keep it in the open and it's something that's steered towards our marriage, towards your relationship, towards the edification of your life, and it's not to the de- deprivation of a, of a partner and a spouse, then okay, how do you keep it in the open and incorporate that? Right. Okay. So that's an interesting topic um, that it, we can spin from that conversation on just the differences in levels of desire. I mean, we've always talked about higher desire, lower desire on everything, specifically sexual desire, mm-hmm. which then goes into a conversation because there's a, a wealth of emails that have come in throughout the years of Sexy Marriage Radio that have talked about uh, libido. And the differences in in libido. And we've got shows in the archives that talk about um, low libido doesn't necessarily mean no libido. And even no libido doesn't necessarily mean unresponsive to sexual stimuli and to sex. You know, there are countless times I've worked with people or we have emails that have come in that they have no libido to speak of, but they are very sexually active with their spouse. And so is that just coming from sheer willpower? No. Because I mean, how do you define that libido is specifically from chemical? Right. So libido is a baseline. I mean, this is the way from the research I have on this. It's, it's just a baseline level of sexual desire. It's a chemical thing. It's in okay. your brain. Okay. And it's in your hormones. Well, it's, it's triggered by your hormones in your brain, the pituitary gland specifically. But it's, it's interesting because a lot of times, I mean, this is something that's happened with a lot of different couples I've worked with lately where a husband initiates or brings up the idea of sex and asks his wife, what's her level of interest? And in that moment, it is none. It's zero. Okay. <laughs> because she's engaged in other things. Yeah. So it's just not on her radar. But that doesn't mean... It can't become on her radar in time. And so we need to have a conversation about no libido doesn't mean non-responsive necessarily. And no libido doesn't mean there's a problem. Because if we're talking about just baseline levels of sexual interest or libido, the chemicals or the hormones we're talking about here are testosterone to a lesser degree estrogen, which every human has both. In a normal, healthy human, there's both. So sometimes if you have a low levels of testosterone, especially in males, that is definitely something worth checking. And sometimes you need some medical help. Sometimes there's also ways you can find supplemental help that's more organic and natural by diet change, activity, um, and just looking at lifestyle factors. And you don't just go to straight chemical, chemically created testosterone. Right. But the same thing is true for women. Women have testosterone in their body. And when it is higher, which, tell me if this doesn't make sense, around ovulation for most women, there's a little bit of a testosterone spike. Yeah. Because that's the species saying, it's time to get pregnant. It's time to to perpetuate the species. So here we go. (laughs) So those are the, the chemical things. But then there's also two different chemicals in the brain that are, this is where they do come specifically from the pituitary gland. And this is oxytocin and to a lesser degree, the dopamine. 
but I want to land on the whole world of oxytocin. Okay. Okay. Because oxytocin is one of those things. That's the feel good chemical, right? Okay. That's, that's called the love drug is what you, what you could think. I mean, you've, you've been around me long enough that you've heard my whole spiel on um, when we meet and fall in love with somebody, we're in that chemically induced high right. for anywhere from six months to two years. And then that wears off. And what, what that can be replaced by is oxytocin, which is a deeper bonding chemical. Because the initial one is more of a lust-based chemical. It's an obsessive, and it feels really, really good because it just floods your brain. Oxytocin doesn't have as much flooding capacity, typically, except in extreme instances. Okay. Right? So when you get in really good, great moments, the oxytocin bond you're going to have solidifies that relationship. Okay. And you know what else is interesting about this, Pam? Tell me. You also get some oxytocin released when you go through tragedy with somebody. Certainly. Because it's a bond that you create with each other because of that event. So it's the same kind of components happening on both ends of the spectrum. Okay. Okay. So we've already talked briefly about how um, one of the things I want to at least propose with the show is that whatever your baseline level of libido is, isn't as important as the fact that there could be changes, either increased or decreased. That's what causes the, the effect to your body. Okay, and the changes are coming, you're referring to, from natural effects or from natural um, stimuli? Well, yeah, it, it, this is a reactionary thing more than anything. But sometimes, and this is where it gets really interesting, because, and this is where your emailer, the, 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 the message that you just had, gave to the emailer, Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reaction can be an external stimuli. It can also be a imaginary stimuli. Okay. Same result because the brain doesn't know the difference in that level of the core of your brain. Cause the pituitary gland is right at the base. It's a little bitty, small pea sized, uh, gland organ, part of your brain. And that level in the depths of your brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So a fantasy can produce the same results, chemically speaking, in your brain as it actually happening in reality. So how does someone increase their libido beyond what their baseline is? Okay, well, that's where, and this, this is where the point of this whole conversation, I think, needs to land, is because now we're starting to steer it more from not nature of the natural biology biology of each person, but instead the aspects of the environment and the system and the relationship dynamic. Because how many times have we seen feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, the emailer is the higher desire, and they're saying, how in the world do I get my lower desire partner partner to be more engaged in sex, to be more interested, to have a closer level of interest that I do? Yeah, that's certainly the the more frequent right. email than the, than the opposite. Yeah. Right. So this is where it's important that we figure out as – the higher desire partner that's interested in trying to produce a result and a change in the level of the biology of our lower desire partner, it's important that I recognize how am I getting in my own way? How am I not increasing the likelihood of that? How am I not using the components of the relationship to its advantage? How am I not incorporating fantasy better? How am I not instigating, you know, those environmental factors 
that helps set the stage for an increase of that that chemical high that you can have. That little bit of a boost, that spike. Okay. That's what triggers interest a lot of times. So I, I guess I could say that from what you're saying there, sometimes we sabotage ourselves. Yes. It, so that the other partner is not even going to go there in the first place. Yeah. To to help enhance the libido if we're desiring them to be more. Yeah. Well, well cause look at the normal scenario of what could... It's not at all beyond the realm of possibility. that. So you have the higher desire husband that comes home. He's interested in sex. He doesn't handle it well when she's not. So he pouts. He's angry. He's frustrated. He's resentful. He's passive aggressive. But then the rest of the time, he comes home from work. He has a beer. He sits on the couch. He watches TV. And then he goes to bed. He goes to work. He comes home from work, has a, has a beer, sits on the couch, watches TV. He's not increasing the likelihood of her interest level raising organically mm, yeah yeah there's nothing right because nothing nothing has been changed within the system and he's just hoping she'll have some sort of a chemical boost that will increase her interest well okay maybe she does but it won't be from him right <laughs> okay right and maybe then she's got some character and she steers it towards him and then they both are the beneficiaries of that but that's not typically the way things evolve. So we have to recognize how am I playing my side of this equation as to, to the fullest and knowing I'm handling my world and I'm being the, a good lead and I'm being a good initiator and I'm instigating things well and I'm pursuing well. And I use those factors within the system to have kind of the nurture environment, you know, all the environmental circumstantial things, knowing I try to just set a stage that then might increase a little bit of a connection spike coming back from my lower desire spouse. Because I could, I can go off of the memories that we've had. Those, that's where fantasy comes in. I can also talk about the meanings of the things that we've had. Because it is possible, I mean, Pam, tell me if I'm wrong in our 25 years of marriage. It's possible I have good, longing, uh, positive feelings about an episode or something we've done that you didn't have good, positive feelings about. Oh, they can certainly be opposite. It had a negative. Yeah. So that's where all of a sudden, if I'm trying to do something that meant something to me different than it does to you, and it was a negative connotation to you, then I'm going to get a decrease of that level in you. By without using that meaning, it. right? Without that's where meanings become so impar- impairment, important, <laughs> important. It's I was easy trying for to, you to I say. I was trying to combine important and paramount, <laughs> imparamount. There you go. That's not a word. It's not a word, but people now know what I mean. So let's make it a word. Okay. But, but it's that idea of realizing the point is how do I get a little bit of a spike in the connection feelings in the in the chemicals of oxytocin. That that creates. That's where we get a, a better longing, a better trust, and we can usually then, when we challenge the meanings, spin those to the positive. So it's it's potentially not enough for the partner to just come in and and do something that they think would be a positive to create a better environment for connection, a better environment um, to to create a deeper right. bond. Potentially not a good idea to do that without, at some point, talking about 
<laughs> what it was you were trying to do to make sure that you don't have conflicting meanings behind it, which might actually be going contrary to what exactly your goal is. Exactly. And go into it. I guess I think we need to go into this and say, don't go into this with the mindset of I'm coming into this to change my spouse. Right. Because then we're always going to be disappointed anyway because the spouse is going to see right through the layers. Yeah. Let's do this from an intention of creating a better connection. Right. And a better relationship. And not just about the libido thing, right? Right. Because that makes it, I think some of this makes it sound like I'm just trying to figure out a way to get in her his pants you know what's what's my tricky way to help adjust their oxytocin level so that i can get more sex out of it okay but let's also face the reality that that's part of what's going on (laughs) i'm trying trying to figure out a way to get you out of your clothes yes it's it's part of it that's part of what this marriage relationship is and hopefully that's something um that is enjoyable for us now or pe- what people are striving okay, for, here, for so let me let, let's let's do a quick detour because this might help okay. with the conversation okay because we're talking about systemic change here right and so right. you've got a couple different things that can happen with systems because systems like homeostasis which is norm it goes back to what it knows and that's just the way we are that's where comfort comes in that's where routine comes in yep um so if you want to really fundamentally change a system, which is what we're kind of talking about, it's like me going over to the thermostat in our house and adjusting the temperature level of the house. Right. It will work to shift the, inv- the climate of our house. Right. But if you start to get uncomfortable, you can go over to the thermostat and put it back to where it was or change it to a different level. Or I could just get a sweater on. Or you could just get a sweater on. So it's that idea of... What we're trying to do with this conversation is think my job is to handle my side of the environment I'm setting in my relationship, not my partner side of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So the goal is how do I start to see I need to just figure out ways to increase connection, increase touch, increase longing, spin to positive meanings, create better opportunities, and then challenge those as they come up and they go on the negative. Not challenge them and say, let me convince you otherwise, but challenge them to get more data. Okay. Okay. So I try something and you kind of respond and it's like, whoa, wait, we're, that I kind of read that as a negative. What was that? And you're like, no, I was just trying to think of something creative. And that pause was read as, oh, he's, I'm just shutting you down. But no, I wasn't. I was. So I hear that instead of challenging, it's being more inquisitive. Curious is a great way to come at this. Yes. Be inquisitive. I like that. That's a much better phrase. So all of this conversation, let's get, let's kind of land this plane with this. Is, this I came across um, a guy named Paul Zach. That he, this is on Psychology Today. Okay. Uh, that he's been studying oxytocin for years, hmm. uh, almost over a decade, I think, if I remember. And so he's come up with... 10 ways to increase the li- increase the levels of oxytocin in your life. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. So here you go. So no, this is number 10, and we'll go in reverse. This is a hierarchy of what he's got. Okay. So number 10 is listen with your eyes, hmm. which I hear that as put away technology, put away other distractions, and actually connect. 
Right. Look at each other. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what we tell our kids Can I, all the yeah. time. <laughs> look into my eyes. I'm not talking to you till you look in my eyes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. Number nine is give a gift. Because gift giving and receiving produces some good feelings. Yeah, it does. Okay. okay. Number eight, share a meal. Mm-hmm. Interesting here is eight and nine can be combined. Yeah. Yeah, the meal can gift. be the gift. It could be. Yeah. But it's also he's also saying eating moderate eating moderately is calming and it helps us bond. Right? It creates mm-hmm. the environment. And we live in a society if you live in the states here that it's a means to an end. It's to get it done as fast as you can, right? It's not necessarily right. a long drawn out thing. Eating moderately meaning slowly? Right. Don't okay. gorging yourself is not calming. No. But when you eat moderately, the body calms itself down because it starts focusing on digestion and consumption of the right. ki- of the nutrients so that come in. So let's eat slowly as the right. Italians do. Let's sit back and enjoy it. There you go. Number seven is if you meditate, meditate while focusing on others because hmm. that can be okay. a spin towards the positive with, with whoever it is you're focusing on or yeah. in, in uh, doing that around. Number six, soak in a hot tub. Okay. Which that ha- that's always great, right? And if you can soak in the hot tub with somebody, even better. Listening to sexy marriage radio episodes. I was gonna say, husband and wife listening to sexy marriage radio, <laughs> and I've apparently invited myself into the apparently tub. you did. <laughs> um, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Um, <laughs> number five, use social media. How's this one? What? <clears throat> yep, use it. So the the point is, you're already people are already doing this anyway. But use it to actually connect with people offline. Okay. So don't scroll through Facebook. Keep up with people to be able to connect with them more offline, too. Okay. Use okay. it for its benefits. Not, okay. So not that when just, you see them face-to-face, hey, I saw what happened. Yes. Okay. Because it's a deepening of the relationship when you're not always together. Okay. That that one, I think, could be a double-edged sword. Could be. But, okay. But again... It, Every, there are many, many things in this world that can be good or bad, depending on how you use them. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Number four, <clears throat> ride a roller coaster or jump out of an airplane. Well, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and an interesting little uh, Do it ex- together. Experiment. Well, and here, this is one of those things. Is he's, he's found, ride a roller coaster solo, and you'll have endearing feelings about the person you're sitting next to after the ride's over. Not aroused feelings, but you'll have, because you will have gone through an experience together. Yeah. And sure. so they'll stand out differently than everybody else in the crowd. Sure. And that's an oxytocin thing. Yeah. Number three, pet a dog. Oh, uh, well, that's, yeah. I mean, the, the dogs that go into the care homes and you name it, all yeah. those and things. And that's what's that, interesting. To calm them. Because this isn't talk. His, his research has found it's not your dog. It's someone, someone else's, else's dog, dog that you don't have to keep up is with. Is what produces, well, you're going further than he <laughs> probably did. You don't have to clean up after him and feed him and pay all the bills. No, this is the whole petting, just having another creature that's not yours uh-huh. can produce good feelings when you interact with it. Okay. Because yeah. they're friendly, they're cute, and you don't know all of the negative. Uh, well, that's a good point. Right? Okay. Number two is use the L word, which would be love. Love. Yeah, use the love word a lot with the people that you long to be with the most. Yeah. Because that helps just the hearing that. That's what we all long for as people. Absolutely. And then the last one, number one, eight hugs a day. 
Oh, yeah. Because touch is huge when it comes to oxytocin. Because the bi- the largest organ in our body, skin. Skin, yeah. Anytime we're touched in good, positive, affirming ways, that's a greater likelihood of an oxytocin boost. Yeah. And so he even made a comment of, test it out that when, you know, because how many times do you go through the day and you're, you shake hands with people you see? And so test it out and say, you know what? I'm a hugger, not a handshaker. And just see what happens. Hug instead. I'm going to start doing it at the office. <laughs> Why not? Test it out. I'm going to weird a map and I'm going to start hugging everybody at the office. <laughs> okay. Well, I th- yeah, I think of that not even just in a marriage relationship, but... Um, widows Mm -hmm. widowers that maybe they don't have that spouse to hug anymore well and that's um that's a piece that's missed you know whenever you see have those family and friends make sure you're hugging them because they need those go to the other extreme the other end of the continuum babies if they don't have touch they die as infants so why would that change as we get older we may not physically die because we're not as we don't need other people for our own survival at that point as we're older you can wither away some emotionally. Yeah, the, the absolutely. Yeah, the the emotional piece of it, um, loneliness and such. Right, can certainly be affected if you've got someone coming around and so hugging. So let's just lay. Let's end it this way because I think the whole point that I want to get across is wherever you and or your partner's level of libido is. Okay, that's where it is. That's falling on the higher or the lower level of the continuum. Right. That's just going to be what it is. So the point is, how do I get it increased a little bit? How do I find ways to create little spikes, little blips that bring about longing feelings? And that could be, I'm not doing something to do it arousing and sexual. I'm doing it to create fun, excitement, Have an adventure. adventure. (laughs) That's what I keep thinking is going and doing things together i mean the the one where it was skydiving or yeah. riding a roller coaster do something fun that gets you out of yeah. your comfort zone and maybe that's even just running a 5k together and you've never done that yeah do something new and novel yeah that can produce it great oxytocin boosts yeah because the goal is that's what draws us together biologically speaking yeah and if we can figure out a way to increase that slightly then other parts can take over and, and carry us the rest of the way. Yeah. Because then it's the journey and the, and the story we're creating together. Which that's what I've loved about Sexy Marriage Nation. It's the story we're creating with them. Oh, I have man. great feelings about them. I, they yeah. are sexy people too. They are very sexy people. Love the nation. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time.